The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard. And I'm Jessica Diamond. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. we go. Hey, Jess, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm happy to be here and I cannot believe we're doing our first podcast. It's just, it's mind-blowing. I'm so, so excited. It's wild to think about because we've been talking about this journey and excited about it for so long. So welcome everyone. Thank you for being here and thanks for listening to our first podcast. We hope to share a little bit about ourselves and our core philosophies, and just a few little tips and tricks from those core philosophies. And then, of course, how we and why we started Meaningful Living. I guess I'll start off and just introduce myself. I am Haley. I'm a mom of three kids. My oldest just turned three last month, and my second child is one. And then my third child just turned four months. So cannot believe Atlas is already four months. Me either. It's crazy. He's so big, but it's so fun. Yeah, I guess, you know, we just started Meaningful Living because it's been on my heart personally for a few years now. And I've just always been passionate about living a healthy lifestyle or at least a balanced lifestyle. And then, of course, after having a child and then another child and then another child back to back, I realized how truly important it is to model healthy choices for them, but also how hard it is when you're a parent and exhausted you know, the stress of all the parenting has made it really easy to forget and then also kind of hard to do. And so it wasn't really until I found my people, you, Jess, being one of them, and my incredible community of friends and a lot of experts in my life that kind of broke everything down into like the simplest terms and helped me find my confidence in like the day-to-day parenting and decision-making. And that's why... Jess and I really wanted to share these resources with you so that everybody can experience how fulfilling it is to live a meaningful life, I guess, to be cheesy a little bit. But it really does simplify things in these terms. And so I guess on that note, I want to introduce Jess because she's part of the inspiration behind all of this. And I'm going to brag on you for a little bit, but Jess is a a registered dietitian nutritionist and specializes in kiddos, of course. And she has this calm, but confident and vibrant energy. And I'll never forget the day that we met. And Jess, you walked into our hotel room and we were going to talk about pregnancy nutrition. And we're in LA and I was going, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know if you know this, but I was so embarrassed. And I was like, you know, I'm normally this healthy eater, but pregnancy has me just in this mess. And all I can eat is pizza and quesadillas. And you said the most simple but profound thing to me, you were like, that's okay. Just eat a salad with it. And I was like, what? (laughs) That simple sentence just meant so many things to me because there was no judgment in it. There was no shame. There was no guilt. It was positive reinforcement. And it was also just this like, oh, I can have this balanced lifestyle. It doesn't have to be perfect. And, you know, that's how we want to raise our kids. And so it was just like, that was the moment that I really fell in love with you. And especially someone that struggled with 
eating disorders as a kid or not a kid, but a teen, you know, I want my kids to have a healthy relationship with food. And the second you said that, it was like so many just light bulbs went off and it was like, oh my gosh, we have to do something together. So I can't wait for you guys to get to know Jess and and to get to know both of us. And on that note, Jess, I'll let you <laughs> say a few words. That moment, I remember. I mean, it's all of those little moments where you just connect. You know, you just are like this. You were so concerned. I remember that it was like, I'm having pizza. I feel like I'm so unhealthy. And we started to break it down. And I just was like, you're not, you're not unhealthy. This is a, this is just, we just have to change your mindset. And if we just add a little more balance into it, you're going to get all the micronutrients you need for your baby. And you're going to feel really good too. Right. And it was just this wave of relief. And so I, I feel like that's kind of how you break things down. It's like this wave of relief when you explain, oh my gosh, it can be so simple. It doesn't have to be hard. And breaking down all these harder principles into simplified things for parenting is kind of what we all need because parenting is hard. And even when you have quote unquote easy kids or the great kids, like it's still hard. And and we want to be able to make the easier moments even easier and, and the hard moments a little easier. You're, you're absolutely right. For those of you that don't know me, I am I'm Jess, like Haley said, and I have been a registered dietitian nutritionist for a long time. And I'm also a mom to Bryce, who's two and a half years old. And so it's been this really fun journey for me during parenting where I did have a lot of knowledge going into it, but then it's that practical implementation where I'm just like, aha, like this is what I've been teaching. And I firmly believe it now because I've watched how it's shaped Bryce and watching how it's shaping Liv and Luca and Atlas. And, and it's just so fun to watch when, when you get that confidence as a parent and you get things in easy to understand ways, just as a parent, how you become confident and just it becomes so much easier to parent. I mean, there's so much information out there. And really all we want to do for you guys is break it down into this bite-sized pieces that is actually usable and practical. And it's not a 500-page book and it's not some long course that we're doing. It's really just week to week. We want to be here talking about the real stuff and helping you. You have these practical tools to be able to say, you've got this as a parent. Oh my gosh, you said that so perfectly. <laughs> Your intro is so nice. It always, I mean, it, it's it's so nice. But I mean I, it wholeheartedly. I, I I do. And you're this great place for me to text. And, and I know I'm going to get that reliable information. And so, you know, of course, that was one of the reasons that we started Meaningful Living is because the second we met, we're like, we have to share this knowledge. I feel like I've been so blessed and I'm really grateful for the community that I have around me of moms and experts and you. And so we are bringing that here to you now. And I just feel like there's no manual. There's nothing that says, here's what you do when you come home from the hospital with your child. I mean, did they give you anything when you came home from the hospital? No. It's like as a parent, as a first time mom, you talk to the people that you need to talk to, you talk to your OBGYN, you read the books you need to read, and then all of a sudden you have a baby and you're, you have whatever it is, a couple of days in the hospital, whatever it may be, and then it's, you go home and it's, what's next? You know, what? Yeah, what's the practical knowledge I need here? I have to keep this kid alive now. Right. And I want it quick. I don't want to read a book. I don't have time to read a book. I'm exhausted. And yeah, what what new parent has time to read this long book on sleeping? And I want someone to be able to give it to me in 
10 to 15 minutes cliff notes, this is how you're going to do it because that's the reality we're living in. Absolutely. And I think this, it's always been this disconnect. You know, when I was in school and I'm learning to become a dietitian, I was like, wow, there's so much information. This is so interesting. And it's actually really easy. It's so simple. And then all of a sudden I look on Instagram and I look on the internet and all these books, and it almost makes these really simple principles so complicated. And my passion, even before I had Bryce, is just, I want to bring this information to empower parents so that they know what to do and feel confident as a parent. I mean, you have a baby or we should even step back a second. You get married, everyone then starts giving you marriage advice. You get pregnant, everyone starts giving you pregnancy advice. You have a kid and you are getting from each year from really reliable sources, right? It's your mother-in-law, it's your parents, it's your friends. And that information conflicts and there's not one place to go where you say, okay, I've heard this, this, and this on sleep. or I've heard this, this, and this on feeding. What is the right thing to do for my baby? And how do I do it? And that's what we're here to do. I'll, I'll never forget that day when we decided, I mean, we had this just instant connection and I was just like, Haley, we've got to do something. And we mm-hmm. kept going around and around of how can we help people? And what we've always come back to tried and true is it's the simple knowledge. It's the simple knowledge that empowers you as a parent. It's the simple knowledge that gets you through the day to day. So when you feel confident in your choices, you can actually have those like you said, even if it sounds cheesy, those meaningful moments with your family and really those moments that when we dream about a family or we dream about a relationship, we think about those moments where we really connect. And sometimes it's the information that we don't know is preventing us from really having those super meaningful moments. And so we're breaking that information down for you guys. Yeah, so true. Because when you don't know, you just don't know, especially as a new parent. And it's hard. I've been there. You know, you said something about knowledge and empowering. And as cheesy as this is, knowledge is power. And when you're empowering the parent, like you were saying, which is so valuable, you're also empowering your children, which is the ultimate goal here. And that's what we want to do is raise mindful people, mindful, confident, kind kids. I would say that's my goal at least. And we just want to do that together. Yeah. You know, Haley, something that you always say that I love is that you always say, you know, I had this vision. I knew kind of in a five-year, 10-year, 20 years down the road what I want my kids to turn into, how I want to raise them. I just didn't, before meeting you in this community that I have, I didn't know actually practically how to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just the thing. It's like, I think you even touched on it earlier. It's like, where is this knowledge? There's so much out there. We're bombarded with it nonstop on Instagram and Twitter and I just started a TikTok and like it's everywhere. There's books and and you don't know where to look. And and you only have those few moments of time during the day. It's like, where am I gonna go? And and I think we both really want this place to be that place where people are like, I'm gonna go to their website, I'm gonna go to their podcast because I know I can get it quick and I'm gonna get what I need. It's reliable and and it's simple. It's so um, simple. And it works because not only have we implemented it. We've seen it come to life. Absolutely. It works. I guess something that, you know, I want to ask you is what's some of your most meaningful parenting advice and what are, you know, a couple of your core philosophies that that you lead with and you parent with? Hard for me to choose one. So I'm going to give you a couple, but I'll keep them simple. The first thing I would say for sure is confidence. We've touched on that before, but confidence is really what makes you comfortable as a parent. You are getting information. You are bombarded with information from everyone. And as much as we love, you know, 
parents and in-laws and all, you know, grandparents and people that are giving us advice, that advice sometimes is older and it's really hard to balance to know what to do. And so when you get that confidence as a parent, when you have that knowledge, it almost gives you like a Teflon shield where you feel really confident in your choices. So when anyone questions your parenting or anyone questions the way you're feeding your child, you can lean back on the philosophy of, I confidently know this is what is right for my child. And you stand by that, if that makes sense. I think my favorite quote of all time that I say time and time again is a happy parent is a happy child. Yep. You said it to me and it, it was in a crucial moment in my life where I needed to hear it. It just gave me this peace. You know, when I had just had Atlas, my third child a few months ago, and I was deciding whether or not to breastfeed. And I was in the hospital one night and I texted Jess and I was like, I am exhausted. My kids never latch well. <laughs> um, breastfeeding, now looking back, I didn't think so at the time, but it it was something that made me very anxious. And I don't know if I should breastfeed or not. Like, how am I going to breastfeed when I have two very little toddlers running around? And I'm sitting here with this one. Oh, and my husband has a a broken ankle and Achilles and can't walk. So (laughs) I am in this point where how am I going to breastfeed? And the first thing you said to me was a happy mom is a happy baby. And that was just like, oh, I got this peace over me that, I want a happy baby and I want to be happy. And it was the best thing you've ever said to me because it helped me just made that make that decision very confidently. Like, I need to do this. And obviously, in, in those moments when you are breastfeeding, it's hard to quit, which is another thing that we'll have to talk about down the road. It's a hard decision to make and when to do it and everything. Yeah, but all, all about it. I mean, that that fills my that just fills my heart because when we make decisions, we want them to be informed, right? And and we talked through it. We talked about the benefits of breastfeeding. We talked about the different formulas that are out there and really so that you could feel totally informed as a mom. And at the end of the day, if you are doing anything as a parent that is stressing you out so much, it's putting a barrier between you and your kid. And that then takes you away from those meaningful moments. And throughout time, the right decision truly is that when you feel like what you said, at peace, when you can just feel confident and you just know, okay, actually there are these benefits of breastfeeding and that is great. But at the end of the day, for me, it made me more anxious and it caused a disconnect for me with my kids. And you know what? This child's different. My husband has a broken Achilles tendon, you know, and this is number three and I'm coming to three kids under three. And for you in that moment and in your life, it was too much. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Looking back, I would have been like, oh, of course. But in that moment, I needed that. I needed to hear those words from you. So thank you. If there's one thing I can bring every parent in this world, if I can bring you confidence, I think that's the number one game changer. The other two things that I would say absolutely with parenting and relationships is truly boundaries and consistency. And I think they play off of each other really well. Boundaries are one of the most loving things that we can do for any individual. Kids feel loved when they have boundaries. And I think it's really hard as parents, especially right now, I mean, who is not completely sleep deprived and burnt out? And we've just been going through this cycle for so long of doing every day is Tuesday. And keeping those boundaries really consistently is is hard. But for kids, they feel really secure and loved when you do hold up those boundaries. And so empowering people to know time and time again that if you hold up this boundary now, while it might be really hard in the moment, 
down the line in a couple days, in a couple weeks, in a couple months, it just pays off exponentially. And it makes parenting so much easier and it makes your child feel so much more confident. Oh my gosh. It's something I wish I would have learned when I was a kid (laughs) because, you know, this knowledge wasn't easily accessible then. And I really didn't have that many boundaries. But also, I think something that you always say to me, and you taught me this, and I use it all the time with my kids, and it is the phrase that everyone needs to get out their pens and pa- uh, pens and paper right now. It is, it's not on the menu. When your kids are asking for a certain food and you didn't make that food, or it's like you've made one meal and that's what they're going to get, you just say, it's not on the menu. And that creates that boundary for them. Like, oh, okay, cool. It's not on the menu, but what is on the menu? And so we it's use it magical. It's, it's every other day. It is a magical phrase. I I truly don't know how it is so magical, but it it really is. I think you're you're right that when if we break this down to just talking about feeding, is kids don't want the they might act like it, but they don't want the pressure to make the menu. And you as a parent, that is your job. And we'll talk about this obviously in, in podcasts to come, but just taking that and keeping that boundary of what's on the menu is on the menu. And of course, you you are kid-friendly in making the menu without catering to their choices. So you're going to have something that they've been exposed to before. But the best phrase that when your kid says, you know, I want strawberries. Strawberries are great. Strawberries have lots of benefits, but it's our job to make the menu. And what you say is, I love strawberries, but they're not on the menu today. And you're right. It just clicks. There is something magic. with them. It's magic. It sounds so simple. Again, simple. Simple. (laughs) But it works so well. And I guess I should have introduced that better. But yeah, it's been our key phrase in our house. And and they listen to it every time because it's it gives them that boundary and that safety of, oh, okay, cool. It's not on the menu, but maybe tomorrow it will be on the menu. Mm -hmm. And I always think it's important to like it put it on the menu, but it's not in the moment right then you put it on the menu, but you give it to them the next day or the day after and make it very obvious to them that they know when it's coming. Because then they, it's, it's just, it's empowering them and it's just, it, it calms everything down. The menu is the menu. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Not to mention it simplifies the parent's life because they're not, okay, finally sitting down to dinner and then going have to, having to chop strawberries. They get to sit down and enjoy their meal too and, and not just consistently cater to the kids. Absolutely. And consistency is everything. You know, boundaries are hard to keep, but if we're not consistent with it, then it, I always give the example. I think the best example is someone's coming and knocking at your door that you don't want to answer, right? You're not there. And they knock 10 times and you don't answer. And then on the 11th time you open the door, you're teaching them the next time, all you have to do is knock 11 times and I'll answer. So if we don't consistently hold up those boundaries, that's what kids learn, which is to whine more, to complain more, to throw a bigger tantrum, to get then in the end what they want. And so as parents, if we can just, you know, no means no, and we're going through it and we're holding up the boundary, it's truly one of the most loving things that we can do because it calms down kids. They actually believe you, right? We want to build up that trust so kids believe the words that you say to them and that when no is no, they believe that. And so- it really just makes everything calmer in your household. Jess, I've never heard that analogy and I love it. I'm going to use that. That is so true. Right? It's I so mean, true. Whatever it is. I mean, even if it's in your adult life, that's exactly what happens. You know, Luca, we, 
a few months back, I guess it was like six months ago, implemented sign language so that he could start communicating to us before he can actually verbally communicate. And I guess he was about nine months old and we would sit there and just do the signs like more, 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 or all done when he was all done or please. And I think we did it for three months straight before he actually did it back to us. And we looked like crazy people in his face, like more, all done. And I I swear he was probably laughing at us in his head, but we finally stayed consistent with it. There was a moment that I was like, you know what, do we even need to do this? Like, is it worth it? Are there really that many benefits? Is it like, maybe Luca's just not the one that it's just not going to work with him. But eventually it did. We were consistent with it. I, you know, we had everyone in the house on the same page. So they were all doing it with him. And finally it paid off. Long story short. (laughs) No, I mean, and and that moment that they start to sign back to you is magical. I mean, you're just like, I can't believe, I cannot believe that they can communicate. Oh, it's, it's amazing now because Luca isn't speaking as much as Liv did at this age, but he can sign to us and he can say what his needs are and not get as frustrated, you know, as he typically would if he couldn't even tell us that he was all done or if he wanted more. And plus, I feel like, I don't even know if this is right, but it, it's almost teaching him that he needs to ask for his needs and use manners. And Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And I think for any parent out there listening right now, the consistency part, like you were saying, you feel like a crazy person. And it's so easy to say, just this doesn't work for my child. You know, like this just isn't working. But if I could say one thing is like with sign language or with sleep or with feeding, the more consistent you are, eventually they will pick it up and it just, it benefits you tenfold right? For each of those hard moments of doing it and that consistency and just, you know, feeling like you're crazy doing it. In the end, he picked it up and now he can communicate back to you before he has the words, which for him is the most empowering thing, Mm -hmm. which I love. Okay, Haley, I'm going to throw it back to you. Okay. As a parent, what would you say you've learned the best thing to do is? Oh, I mean, obviously there's, (laughs) there's so many. I would say my number one thing that actually keeps me held accountable for my own actions is model behavior and just modeling modeling what you want your kids to do, whether it's eating healthy or doing certain things or screen time on our phone, which my kids always catch me in and, and they make it very obvious. You know, they're going to emulate what we do. And if you can't believe that, wait till your kid is a toddler and they start doing and saying everything you do it starts making you very self-conscious about the little things that you do. And you're like, oh my gosh, do I really say that? Do I really do that? You know, whether it's one day, I I was at the end of my pregnancy where my belly was so full and I was just like, the only thing I want right now is just plain lettuce, nothing on it, just plain lettuce. And I was eating butter lettuce just by the handful. And Liv at dinner was just eating her lettuce with her hands by the handful. And I was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was doing that earlier and she's copying me. So whether it's that or, you know, the other day we were at dinner with friends and we were staying staying at their house and there was chaos and just lots of people moving around. And so we were getting up from the table early and socializing and doing our thing. And so Liv started to get up from the table and socialize and get distracted from her food. And I'm like, okay, I can't blame her. She's copying what I'm doing. And so I can't, I can't get mad at her, but I I should 
repair that behavior, which is another thing I want to touch on and just say, you know what, I shouldn't have done that or this is a special occasion or, or whatever that is yeah. and explain, explain the situation. Yeah. I mean, kids are sponges and they copy what we do and we are their ultimate role models. Bryce will start cleaning off crumbs off the counter with his hands. And I'm like, well, I guess that's how I clean up crumbs. I had no idea. They'll, they'll copy everything. One of the quotes I think that I say a lot is that the most important thing to your child at the kitchen table is you. And so at the end of the day, you make a meal, whatever that meal is, they're looking to you. And so if you are extremely picky in the way that you eat, or if you talk a lot about diet culture or, oh, I can't eat this, it's not healthy for me, or whatever it may be, those are what your kid is going to pick up. They are going to pick Mm -hmm. that up. It's not like we can hide it from them. And so as parents, I think it's a great time where we get to start focusing on ourselves and our relationship with food. So we make sure that we're passing along this healthy relationship to them. I love that answer. Wow. I love what you just said. That was like perfect and so true. I, As a kid, I think our parents' era was very much, there was lots of diets and fads and all of this stuff going on. And so, you know, in our world, whether it was my parents or people around me, I heard lots about diets and I, that was, you know, what I heard growing up. And so that was my focus. And I, I do believe that that was part of the reason I, I did struggle with eating disorders and had that unhealthy relationship with food. And so it is my goal to kind of practice these things on myself so that I can practice healthy behaviors for my kids. I love that. But yeah. then I guess the second thing I would say would be that it's just, it's never too late to do a repair. And this is something that really hit home for me. Last year, Tyler and I went to this place called Onsite. It's a wonderful place. Everyone should check it out. But it's a, a retreat-like place. We heard someone talk. It was actually a friend of ours. His name's Josh Straub. And he did a talk on parenting. And he said, it's never too late to do repairs. Even if, listen to this, because this was my one takeaway, and it is gold. Even if you only do two out of the five repairs. So if you mess up five times and only repair twice, you're doing good. You're okay. And that has stuck with me. And it's just like, the second I mess up now, now I make a point to say like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Or like, I was wrong because I want my kids to know that I'm not perfect. And and I do mess up because I don't think that that's attainable either for them to see perfection or to think perfection, even though we're clearly not, no one's perfect. So anyways, it's never too late to do repair. It is never too late. And I love that so much because with kids, I think with adults, with anyone, one of the hardest things for us to do is to give a true apology, an authentic, true apology to say, I messed up. I am so sorry that I did that. I didn't mean to do it. And next time, here's what I'm going to do. And so as a parent, I think we can hold these boundaries and be consistent. But when we mess up, we say, I, you know, it's normal. We're going to lose our cool. It happens. But after you lose your cool, you just reflect and say, you know, mommy got really upset and she yelled or she did some whatever you did in front of your kids that you didn't want to do. And I'm sorry for doing that. That was probably really scary for you. I can imagine. And you know what? Next time mom's going to implement these things to prevent her from doing that. She's going to close her eyes and take a couple deep breaths and teach your kids what you want them to do to help emotionally regulate by making that apology. And so I love that. I mean, apologies, I think are hard for everyone. And really, we want to teach our kids how to do it from this empathetic place and knowing that perfection is not 
what they need to be. But when they do mess up, they know how to repair it. Love that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Me too. And I think everyone couldn't tell already. These are all philosophies and principles, like so simple, but so profound that can work not only for kids, but adults. And so I just personally want to practice that in my life. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, and week after week, what we're going to do is we are going to break down these principles. We are going to bring in different experts. We're going to talk between us. We are going to bring in other moms and other experiences so that all of this information is just very practical for you, where you get the real life perspective and the tangible thing you need to do to be a better version of yourself. Okay. Before we end with these, I actually have one more that I thought of that I know is important to you and it's important to me. Okay. What is it? Positive reinforcement. Oh, yes. You know, no one wants to be told no all the time. And I think it's so easy. Kids are meant to do things that they're not supposed to do, right? We have to hold up that boundary and keep it safe for them. But if we catch ourselves saying no all the time, no loses its value. So I always say to parents, reserve no for those true emergencies, when you can reserve no for when your kid is trying to run across the street without holding your hand or you know when they're about to put their hand on a burning stove and in those other moments when you want to say no flip it into the reverse and say it in a more positive way so instead of saying don't drop your spoon on the ground you say the spoon stays on the tray the spoon stays with your meal mm. oh yeah and it's something you have to kind of teach yourself and practice doing because your initial reaction is like don't do that what are you doing <laughs> exactly but we don't learn that way. So they're not going to, they're not going to love that either. And so, yeah, we, we try and do that. I always try and think, okay, what's the opposite of what they're doing right now? What is the positive of what they're doing? And how can I encourage them to do that? And um, I actually try and do that with my husband too. <laughs> These tricks work on your spouses. But yeah, food stays on your tray or in your mouth. Or I'll say, no, thank you. Our nanny, who you guys will meet at some point, her name's Katie, and she's incredible. And she's just a part of our family, and we love her. But she helps me with that a lot. And she's just like, she has that language, or it's like, it just rolls off her tongue. Like, it's so easy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so good at that. But I'm also, I'm just so lucky. I feel like I can learn from her when she is in our house, and I'm grateful for that. So I want to share all these little tricks. I absolutely love it. And I'm I'm so grateful, Haley. I think one of the things that I learned from you constantly is just you are so open to just other people's opinions, right? You are so open to saying, I mean, one of the first things you said to me is, you know, Jess, I really trust you. And if there's ever anything I'm doing as a parent that you just look at and say, you could be doing this a different way, tell me because I want to be the best parent. I want to be the best version of myself. And that was yeah. just... That was something so profound to me because I haven't heard that a lot from people. Even when they feel that way, they they aren't able to articulate that. And I think that is a quality that um, I've started to do in my life with other people as well. And I think it's great where you can start to say, okay, who are the couple people that I trust around me? And just hold the mirror up because I want to be the best version of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for saying that. That means a lot. Yeah. I mean, I want to be surrounded by people that I love and trust that are going to be very honest with me. And I obviously want to be the best version of myself when I can. And, and yeah, I want to learn. I want to be better. And I want to be a, a better parent and, and as good as I can be and do my best. So I always kind of give people that, that permission, the people that I do love and trust, I want to give them that permission to say, hey, you have my permission. Please tell me. I don't want 
you know, yes, people around me that are just going to say, yeah, everything's great. <laughs> you did everything perfectly when it's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. I, I love that. It's it's messy and vulnerable. And that's the journey we're going to take all of you guys on is this messy, vulnerable experience where we share reliable information, but no one is perfect. We are not perfect. And we want to share kind of how do you just constantly learn so that you can help yourself be the best version for you. A hundred percent. And one more thing before we go, I want to ask you this question because I think that it'd be fun to kind of finish this with this during our podcast. But Jess, why don't you tell me what made you full this week? Such a good question. I would say that with the new year, there's it's a good time for reflection and, and looking at things. And Bryce, the other day, when we, we just talked about modeling, Bryce, the other day, said to me, Mommy, put down your phone. Put down your phone, please. And it made me realize, wow, the first thing in the morning is I'm bringing my phone in and I'm waking him up. And the first thing he sees me is looking through a text message or looking through an email. And that's not what I want to do. I want those first moments in the morning to be where I can connect with him. And so something that I've implemented this week that has just been life-changing for me is that I don't look at my emails or text messages when I wake up. I hear Bryce, who's my natural alarm clock. I get up and I go into him and I purposely leave my phone out for those first 15 to 20 minutes so I can really have one-on-one time with him. And it has been a game changer for his behavior, but it's also allowed me to feel so much more calm in the morning. And it's not like I'm starting my day off in chaos. I'm starting my day off in just an intentional way. And it's, it's really helped me feel better. Good for you. I love that. I think it's one of those things that it sounds so easy and it's it's not. It's, it's not. It's so wild. It's so wild how connected we are to our phones. So I'm oh. trying to be more intentional. Good for you. I'm going to try and piggyback off of that and and start that again. I feel like I've, I go through phases where I'm really good about it. And then quite frankly, after the whole quarantine and pandemic, I've just been so addicted to my phone. And it's gotten to a point where I'm like, somebody take it away, please. I always say to parents, don't you wish that there was someone else that did your bedtime, sang you a bedtime song and just said, go to sleep now and tucked you in. And then that was it. Your phone was away. The TV was away. You could just do it. Yes. I wish. Okay. I'm going to give it to you then. What made you feel full this week? Something that made me laugh the other night was Olivia. I was doing our bedtime routine with Tyler. And then at the end of that, she always asked for me to snuggle. And so I lay down and snuggle with her. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to snuggle with her because she's probably only going to ask me to do this for a little bit longer. So the other night, she, I don't know how we got started talking in a British accent, but we were talking in a British accent and she thought it was so funny. Like the giggles that she had were so contagious. You know, those little kid giggles that just make you, I mean, that melt laugh your heart. and yeah, melt you. Um. Well, the fact that she thought I was funny because I'm not a funny person whatsoever made me so happy. And I was like, oh my gosh, my child thinks I'm funny. <laughs> I'm not even good at a British accent. Uh, I would say that was a a moment that made me full last week. I love that. Such a positive way to end. I mean, there's nothing like those kid Googles. I feel like they just fill up your love tank so quickly. Oh, 100%. Well, thanks, Jess, so much. I loved our conversation today and I can't wait for so many more and more meaningful moments. And I hope you guys listen to our podcast next week. Please join us. And Jess, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. We love being here and we are so excited to go on this journey together with you. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We want to hear from you. Your thoughts, experiences, and anything you want us to cover. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. Can't wait to see you next week. 